Welcome to the Fear and Greed Daily Interview. I'm Sean Aylmer. A constant challenge for companies is finding the right way to connect with consumers and other businesses to make sure their brand stays relevant and front of mind. And often that means being a little bit creative. I wanted to find out what the advertising industry is like post-COVID, whether brands are still willing to push the boundaries, the role of trust in advertising, and whether the world now really does revolve around TikTok. Justin Graham is Group CEO of MNC Saatchi Australia and New Zealand and Global Head of Advertising. Throughout his career, he's advised clients including Commonwealth Bank, Woolies, Tabcor, Optus, Qantas and more, and that's just the local companies. He's joining us this morning from Cannes the most famous advertising festival in the world. Justin, welcome to Fear and Greed. Uh, great to be here. Thank you. I've got to ask you about Can first. I mean, we'll get into the stuff about brands and things. It's such a glamorous sounding place for people like me who have never been there. What happens when all the ad execs get together at Can? What's it about? It's a great question. It's 70 years, actually, of the Can Lines uh, Festival down here. I'm not sure why it started here originally, but there's obviously two main festivals down in Cannes. There's the, the film festival, which happened about three weeks ago, and then there's the advertising festival, which always happens uh, the second or third week of June. And, yeah, it's tens of thousands of advertising, media, entertainment executives descending on one of the most beautiful places <laughs> in the world, uh, which I think at one point was very much around patting each other on the back and uh, more for the creative side of the industry to be able to award each other the best work that was happening around the world and inspire each other. And over the years, that has very much evolved. And now awards are still a part of the festival, but now it's very much around a showcase for new technology, uh, understanding is the media environment and a place where the people that actually paid the bills, the clients, uh, probably never came and weren't seen. It's very much a festival designed for the clients to be as much a part of that community and part of the conversation as 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 the agencies. It'd be a great week or two to be in the French Riviera, no doubt about it. So tell me, how has advertising changed since the pandemic? Well, are, are brands becoming more risk averse? Have they come out of their shell again, just broadly, give us the temperature on brands. Yeah, there was definitely uh, a time through the pandemic where uh, I would say there was great safety around what we were doing uh, in the communication space. And that was very necessary. You know, I've, I've talked in the past about how we went from thinking around uh, origination and brand building to a more utilitarian approach. And as we think around the brands that, that we were certainly uh, fortunate to support through that time in, in Australia, the, the likes of the Woolworths Group and Commonwealth Bank, uh, even Tourism Australia from a domestic point of view, it was more practical in terms of what consumers and what people needed from those brands at that time because there was some real, obviously, fear and some significant changes to how we were living our lives. Coming out of that pandemic, there's definitely been some learnings around how we can talk to consumers and what they want to hear from brands. There's definitely been a shift in media consumption, so significant shifts around linear TV, uh, linear TV in particular, has effectively fallen off a cliff. Now, that's not to say that people aren't engaging in content. They're just engaging in their own time, catch-up TV, BVOD, YouTube, uh, and that's really driving the way that we think around how we how we send messages. The extraordinary progress that happened around both data and personalization as well as AI, which I'm sure we will talk about, that's certainly been a theme this week as well, has meant that the move away from big broadcast-based 
advertising into into personalized one-to-one communication has really been a theme this week and it's been prominent around the world. It's probably the biggest impact that's happened coming out of the pandemic. In a practical sense, I mean, what are you talking about when you that one-to-one communication? I kind of I think I understand it, but can you give me an example of how that works? Yeah, so you mentioned TikTok up front there as well. And I think there's how everyone's feed is engaged with in different ways, brands showing up and using real data to understand how you can serve those messages and serve serve that content through through the feed uh, becomes very personalized. Netflix, for example, you know, a couple of years ago, their business model was very much around subscription-based services. Uh, last year, they announced they were going to have a, an advertising-funded model. And so, surprise, surprise, they've, they've turned up at Cannes this year uh, wanting to talk to advertisers around how they can be part of the platform. And so, when you're logged in and you're part of your Netflix subscription, then uh, you can have effectively personalized ads. And as we start to look into artificial intelligence to be able to generate that as well, what you might see through your uh, Netflix feed if you if you go down that path to have that funded service uh, will be different to mine. Uh, and that's a great opportunity for advertisers because in the past it was one message going out to the masses. Now there's an opportunity to customize that message through all the pipes that we know that come into our house and, and, and through our phone. Yeah, the flip side of that though, as an advertiser, how do I know which one to take? So if Netflix is coming to me and linear TV is coming to me, podcasts are coming to me, how do I know which option to take? Yeah, I think there's a there's a value exchange that happens with consumers and you know, they're getting content, they're getting entertainment, they're getting news, whatever it might be. And and so on the flip side there, you know, there's an opportunity for brands to be able to go and, and customize the messages that they're saying there. So I think it's it's an interesting world at, at the moment because Certainly talking to people down here, walking along the Quasette, as they say, down in the, in the French Riviera, it's an uncertain time as well. Uh, it's an uncertain time around where brands should be investing their money. Traditional metrics around share of voice, for example, are still very prominent and, and a lot of the marketeers and, and boards are still incentivized around that. But how do you go and get that reach when you're going down these more one-to-one channels? So it's just reconciling itself at the moment. Uh, and so it'll be interesting in the next couple of years what that means for advertising and creativity and where that takes it. Stay with me, Justin. We'll be back in a minute. My guest today is Justin Graham, Group CEO at MNC Saatchi Australia and New Zealand and Global Head of Advertising. I'm interested in the brand itself. I mean, a brand got represents a company or a product or whatever, but if it's one-to-one, can you have a bunch of different brands for the one product? Uh, yeah, it's, it's a really good observation because effectively you can. I mean, we customise these brands and... Uh, a brand that everyone knows is, is Nike, and Nike's you know, had a very good uh, week again here, winning some awards for some work that they've done. And you know, Nike, I think, do it brilliantly uh, when they think about their brand having a core, and then the flex that sits around that brand that allows it to move into different places. Whether you're a runner, a yoga instructor, or someone that's just trying to go for yeah. a walk, or someone that's a skateboard, or whatever it might be. That brand stretches into all those different areas. So, so theoretically, your Nike experience would be very different to my Nike experience. Uh, so, yeah, and that's that, that's something that we're all grappling with as well because arguably it was easier in the past 
I'm sure the people that were in the past say, no, it wasn't easy then. It was just as hard. But we look back and say it was probably easier because there was one message and you would take a broader insight around society. Let's just take Nike and say, you know, they, they, they still stick to their purpose, which they believe everyone's an athlete. How that manifests itself across multiple channels and messages is really what's changed. I've got to ask about TikTok. We've mentioned it a couple of times. Every time you read about TikTok, you, the audience is growing and notwithstanding some of the con- geopolitical concerns, it is an incredibly powerful medium. Are brands using TikTok to reflect the numbers of people using TikTok? They are. I mean, TikTok's just on an incredible journey of growth and uh, are very prominent again here. You know, it's, it's often interesting to see the rise and, and, and potentially more muted brands, you know, brands like um, Twitter, for example, with all the challenges that they've had, uh, are very muted in terms of their parents, whereas TikTok is very significant and, you know, the growth is just extraordinary around the world. Brands love TikTok uh, because it's a place where creation happens as well. It really is a creator's platform and so they can be very creative around that piece and, it's interesting. I think the rise of TikTok, many brands were on TikTok before they even realized they were on TikTok because their their employees, their staff members were you know, uploading content around their experience. And so, yeah, it's a fascinating space to see where that will go to outside of the geopolitical concerns, exactly as you said. I've got to ask you about creativity just quickly. Where's Australia stack up in terms of creativity? Because you're in, in the center of the advertising world right now, how do we perform? Australia's always performed very well. Uh, we punch above our weight and uh, really perform well on the world stage. And after a few quieter years in terms of our creativity, and I think that was a, a product of a, a longer lockdown period, uh, more internally focused from an industry point of view in terms of supporting each other and supporting the brands that were certainly from on the domestic front through the pandemic. This year has been a real return to form. There's been Australians winning across the world stage every night. There's a series of awards across the different types of advertising, whether that be film or entertainment or effectiveness, et cetera. And every night, Australians have done incredibly well. So it's great to see my colleagues around the world getting up there and getting some awards uh, again and being recognised because Australia Australia has, has always been a fascinating melting pot for creativity. Australians have always done very well on the world stage and are leading some of the biggest advertising networks in the world and are very proud to be representing that from Australia. So it's it's great to see and that only makes the industry better. It makes MNC Saatchi better when you're looking at your peers doing very well and uh, it's exciting around what the next year ahead would look like. I have to ask you, Justin, what's your favourite ever campaign? I mean, let's say the favourite ever campaign you've worked on or maybe that's going to narrow it too much, but just give me a taste of one of your favourites. Favorite campaign I ever worked on. Mm. You know, the first campaign, the first campaign I ever worked on was uh, Bundaberg Rum in Australia. Oh wow! Sort of a throwback there, which at the time was doing phenomenally well and still is. Uh, and I just thought that was fascinating around something that was so uniquely Australian with the um, mm. the Bundy Bear and, yeah. and the representation that took across regional Australia in particular. And it was now that was a campaign that didn't translate so well on the world stage, uh, but I always look very fondly back on that and think I learned a lot about uh, how to embed brands in culture. And and Diageo, a, a phenomenal marketing company, uh, I've been very fortunate to work on some great brands around the world, and more recently the Tourism Australia work. You know, we've done some fantastic campaigns 
both pre-pandemic as we looked at getting people from the UK into Australia and then post-pandemic with the recent work we've done with G'day where we featured Australian actor uh, Rose Byrne and uh, and the American actor Will Arnett with the help of some animated characters to go and mm. welcome Australia back and that is that's great nation building work because it's creativity that's best and it's out there and it's, uh, it's such an important job for the hundreds of thousands of small business operators in Australia that rely on that sort of communication for inbound tourism. So it's great to, to work on those big campaigns on the world stage. Justin, thank you for talking to Fear and Greed. Thanks very much. That was Justin Graham, Group CEO at MNC Saatchi Australia and New Zealand and Global Head of Advertising. This is the Fear and Greed Daily Interview. Join us every morning for the full episode of Fear and Greed, Australia's most popular business podcast. I'm Sean Aylmer. Enjoy your day.